We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So that was a great intro. So you talked for you talked for two minutes and nobody knew what the hell you were saying. Can they hear me? They can hear me. Okay. Well, I'll say I'll say what you said since they didn't hear what you said. Only I did. Um, and that's welcome to Portland. Welcome to hell. Um, they get the seventh pick. They drop down one. And, um, you know, we dive into everything. Um, deserve- we dive into all the scenarios, how we're feeling. Like, look, at the end of the day, are we so disappointed? Absolutely. So There's for, literally nobody in existence and watching or caring about the they- Portland Trailblazers not bummed right now. But the math was just always kind of in line for this to be a real possibility. I think a lot of us uh, fooled ourselves that we were going to somehow get into the top three and land either, you know, Jabari, Paolo, or Chet, um, or, you know, whatever. But this happens. The math was kind of on this one. I think it's very fair, as Danny's getting the mic situation figured out, I think it's very fair to say, we deserve to air out all our feelings right now. And if some of those feelings make no logical sense, that's okay. I would treat it more as an exercise, a breathing exercise. When you grab a pillow and you're very frustrated, Instead of punching a hole in a wall, you scream into that pillow, right? This is going to be that. Um, And I just say the first thing, get it off my chest. I understand that this isn't really uh, his fault. I really wish they wouldn't have cared about those last four games going into the All-Star break. Just would have been nice to not win any one of those four. There I said it. I put it in the ether. It's out there. Everybody can hear it. Uh, you can may, maybe agree with it. You can think it's ridiculous. Again, we're going to all have ridiculous takes right now because this sucks. Uh, this is a pick that it's not great because it's not a deep draft. But what I would say is I'm still excited for them to go through the process. Uh, never, never forget the chaos that some stupid teams are always capable of pulling off. See the Cavs drafting Anthony effing Bennett. And so Maybe, hey, it sounds ridiculous today. I get it. But again, there are some dumb teams in this league. Maybe you think one of them is Portland. Maybe you don't. But let's go through the process. Let's see what Ben Matherin's like. Let's see how he fits, what Dame's thinking, what Dame's feeling, what Chauncey's thinking, what Joe's thinking, and also keeping that pick available for any and everybody to trade that for an asset or two 
that can maybe help this team substantially. I, I, I still think you don't have the strongest hand, but if you're playing a, a you know, five card poker, you know, I think you got, you got maybe a three of a kind. It's not the worst thing. It's not a guaranteed win in a group setting, but it's not a bad hand. You still have something to play with. And now we see what they do. And listen, here's the thing. Hey, look at that. My mic should be showing now. You guys should be able to hear me. For whatever reason, my uh, setup decided to default to a port that doesn't exist. So let me go ahead and start that again. Can reiterate what Brandon said? Welcome to hell. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly joking. Uh, this was the most likely scenario. I've seen like 13 different propositions for what the Blazers should do right now. Yeah. If I was a betting man, Brandon, I would bet very strongly that the Portland Trailblazers are not using this pick. Mm, okay. I, 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 would, I wouldn't lean there either, but. So um, this is going, certainly you would have much rather had the opportunity to be picking in the top four because that would have allowed you to have more collateral to work with. That would have opened up more avenues for you. However, if I'm reading the tea leaves right, very much strongly believe right now that the Portland Trailblazers are going to move that pick. Um, I, I don't disagree with you. I think that's definitely the thing that's ahead of all of the things right now. Uh, it, by the way, it should be noted, Orlando, interesting position. They are picking number one. You would presume they're drafting Jabari or Chet based which, on what, what, which what tracks, yes. right? And what does that mean for what, what they currently have on their roster? it opens up. There's a couple bigs on that roster that are probably bomb voyage. So like there are ways through their financial means to maybe navigate and get some reinforcements, get a little bit of depth. What I will say very quickly though, I, I, if it comes down to seven or Jeremy Grant, that's not going to be the case. Let, let, let's let's okay, let's okay, let's stifle that out real, real quick. Okay, the Portland Trailblazers are not trading. Their, they are not trading their first round pick for Jeremy Grant. That okay, is I, that is not happening. Great. Let's set the table with it then, because like if that's a, a thing, I don't want that to be a thing. I'd rather. I see like seventeen swing. people say it in the in the chat. It's not happening. They are not trading that pick for Jeremy Grant. Would they trade that pick for a Mo Bamba or an OG Ananobi or whatever one of those guys? Hundred percent. They are not trading their lottery pick for Jeremy Grant. No way. No. Did you say they would trade the seventh pick for Mo Bamba? No. Did I say Mo Bamba? I thought I said OG Ananobi. No. Oh, oh I, I thought you said Bamba. I'm sorry. And OG. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I was, like, and, I was reading a chat and somebody was oh, saying, "Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha." If, gotcha, if I gotcha. did, that's my fault. Aiden or Ananobi? No, 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 no. I saw Bamba in the yes. chat and I said it out loud. That's my fault. Um, no, Aiden or, or or Ananobi? Yes. Yes, 100%. 100%. But moving it, I, apparently I did say Bamba because everybody said it in the chat. Man, my you fault. confused me. I'm like, my, why is he so pro Bamba and may, so may, anti no, no, Mea culpa, guys. My, my bad. I read I read the chat. Out, I read something in the chat about Mo Bamba as I was saying it. <laughs> Sorry. I think I just gave some, some people in there uh, a heart attack. So, But no, will they move it for a guy that is a needle mover, a difference maker? Absolutely. Will they move it for a Jeremy Grant or less? No, I do not believe that in any way, shape, matter, or form. Good, because I don't think he's I don't think he's worth the seventh pick. I mean, he's a good player. He's he's a productive player. I would rather take my chances on finding a guy that hits in development over the course of two to three years than I would Jeremy Grant. So let's let's take this from the front. Um, 
this is from from the front of the draft back. Going back to Orlando and not Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac is a guy who is probably going to shake free at this point in time and is a player that does fit into Portland's TPE. That is something now to take a, a long look at as another potential player outside of Jeremy Grant. Does the mm-hmm. price become a little bit cheaper? Does the collective offer of Bledsoe, Keon, and a first and Milwaukee's first round pick is that something that's just a no doubter for Isaac? Is that is that something now that makes sense with Detroit not moving up? Perhaps do they want more draft capital in a Milwaukee pick that maybe they can flip down the line for something else? Does that become more viable for them because they were very much anticipating being in that top four? So I, I find it really interesting to see what that looks like um, for both Miami and or Miami, but or Orlando and Detroit. Man, I'm just screwing up left, right, and center right now, guys. Sorry. Um, but what that those opportunities between those two teams, as much as we'll talk about Aiton and the other stuff, the the interesting thing that's that's out there right now is understanding now the 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 lottery order is set. Phone calls start getting made, Brandon. Before tonight, it was theory. What mm-hmm. happens? Which way do they go? Because everybody I talked to, and leading up to today, the the text messages that I was getting, the phone calls that I was having, all came down to let's see what happens at the lottery. Let's see what happens at the lottery, and that just kind of sets the tone for it, kind of going forward. Yeah, I mean, um, I personally like the eight and thing has popped up the last. I'd say two days. And obviously this is post the game seven situation. Sure. Um, I kind of view Oklahoma city as maybe a favorite to land Aiton. I think they have the draft capital. Um, obviously they're in a pretty good position right now. If you're Deandre Aiton and you're looking at your circumstances and maybe Phoenix is soured to you. I had a guy on my radio show this morning that covers that team that mm-hmm. says he's he not, he's not going back to Phoenix. Well, I had somebody tell me the 70-30 chance he will, that like this could settle down, they'll get the contract to him, and he's like, okay, I could play with Chris Paul. That's the difference. Are they going to pay the money? And that's a tough thing, I think, to gauge right now today, given what we just saw in Game 7. That being said, I still view Oklahoma City as a frontrunner for that, right? Like, it was Oklahoma City, I think San Antonio and Portland, Woj mentioned, and that's not the only teams. I just, I think if you looked at the capital versus salary cap stuff versus also having a young asset. Like he gets to play with, with, with SGA. He gets to play in literally a zero, you know, pressure cooker market. Mm -hmm. And Oklahoma city has a thousand draft picks. They don't care if they trade a few of them and Phoenix could use that capital flip it and, and maybe rework the roster a little bit if they lose Deandre. So I don't, I don't know where this puts them for the eight and stuff. I would say this kind of bumps them out of that just because the picks not that great. Uh, but I'm I'm weirdly like I was bummed. I was excited for the, the lottery. Bummed by the results. It was fun to go live with you as we went from you know, 14 crushed. on and got crushed at seven. Sure. And now I'm kind of like weirdly in this like, let's see what you can do. Like now. It is, now the table. No other. We, yes. We have talked this about this for months waiting this for this day. Now, you know, now what do you do with it? Let's yes. let's go to the flip side. Why does it make sense for for Portland to go after Aiton? Because Aiton is a blue chip player. He's twenty three, about to be twenty four years old, and he covers up a lot of your issues. All as, as good as Nurk is, Nurk gets played off the floor. He is a yeah. guy that gets played off the floor. For all of the Aiton gets played off the floor stuff, no, he doesn't. No, in Game Seven, that's a different scenario than getting played off the floor. That's deeper than basketball stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was on the floor in the closing crunch time minutes of an NBA Finals last year. He's not getting played off the floor. He's one of the best finishers in the entire league. He shot 55% on mid-range jumpers this year. Like he's, he's a special, special player. Is he the next guy up? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Berg says, uh, Aiton has choked in big moments two years in a row. Why would the Blazers want that? Why, why would the Blazers want a 23-year-old who rebounds incredibly well, shoots incredibly well, is one of the best finishers in the league, can play every single defensive coverage you want from a big? I mean, I understand people saying, I don't want Aiton because of X or Y. But if you're questioning talent, skill or anything along those lines i want to take you and stuff you in a cannon and shoot you into the moon because talent skill all that stuff he blows nurkic out of the water we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And I, I, yeah, it's, it's, I don't want to I don't want to shoot anybody into the moon. But like on that comment, like I, it, this is what I will not be doing. We can we can all, I think, give opinions and thoughts on what we think this team should do. But what I would say to that, that comment is like. Bro, have you seen this roster? Like we're <laughs> they need we're talent. Begging, we're begging. We're going to get two dollars from somebody on a corner and we're going to go. Yeah. Can we get ten, though? Like, I'm sorry, we're, we're not they're not going to get. They can't get a better player, I think, at this point right now than DeAndre Ayton. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's somebody that something opens up and Dave's got something up his sleeve. But, like, it's clear that Ayton is clearly better than Nurk. He's 23. Okay? Just for reference, Giannis is going to be 28. What did you think of Giannis five years ago? <laughs> I'm not telling you DeAndre is going to be Giannis. I'm just saying, like, this league is showing us right now in the moment. If you look at the conference finals, if you look at the playoffs, this league is quite literally showing us how deep the talent goes. Yes. And so why DeAndre is not maybe the best center in the league. He's not Jokic. He's not Embiid. He's in the, he's, he's in the top five or six. And that's, the, that's the thing is like, you he's need top end talent. He's 20 effing three. And yeah. he's already been to a finals. He's already been on a 64 win team. Like 
He's been a staple on. He's the anchored one end. of the best defenses in the league for the past I, two years. I mean, if if that's not good enough for us, I don't know what to tell some people. <laughs> if that's the takeaway, is like, well, is he worth it? We don't have other options. Yeah. It's not we're we're riddled with options here. You know, like that's pretty effing good. If you go into next year and you're talking about having Jeremy Grant via trade uh, some other way, Ant Dame. Aiton, and then whatever know. you have left with your MLE, that's and whatever you have, whatever that is, like that's something that's clearly better than what they ended with and even what they started with. And here's the thing I am not like they have to go get Aiden. That, that is not where I am. I am, if you're going to move that pick, go get the best player available. The best player available right now, today, is DeAndre Aiden, and it's not close. Yeah. So you figure that part of it out. If it's not going to gut your roster, I, the money stuff, figure it out, man. F- figure it out. Like, it's just, I understand he's more expensive. I understand $30 million is a lot to pay to a center. But if you go look at how contracts are structured among bigs, you have the super, superstars with Jokic and Embiid getting their super maxes. Then you get mm-hmm. to Cat on the last super max. Then you get into that ubiquitous area, which is where Deion Rayton falls. And in the pantheon of NBA bigs, he's right there. Then you get a little bit further down and you get the Nurkic's, the Capella's, that 16 to $20 million range. Like there's not, there's not guys that slot in at like 22, 24, 26, 28. Like there's this gap because of the, of the scale of bigs. And that's the, that's the weird situation that they kind of find themselves in. If the Celtics had crapped the bed in the first round and Jalen Brown was on the table, shove in for that. If OG becomes available entirely and the seventh pick is enough to go get him and in, into the TPE, then go do that. But right now, today, the Portland Trailblazers need talent. And the thing about getting DeAndre Ayton is he's 23, about to be 24 years old. And what matters right now, Brandon, is getting the best players, but also if they're going to straddle this timeline between Dame and Ant, can you think of a better player to do that with than DeAndre Ayton? No, because he he can almost match, I think, the experience and and veteran-esque nature of what Dame is currently at while also being exactly on Ant's timeline Uh, age-wise. I will will go against you on this. Mm -hmm. If that's a possibility, again, I don't think it really is right now. I think there's a lot of other teams that are going to have better packages to give a Phoenix so they can flip that or use it or whatever. But if he is truly gone, um, yes, Go all in. I will take a seven-foot perimeter-slash-interior defender, offensive playmaker. I will take that all day. I just I just don't see right now today on May 17th. I, I don't see – I don't see better options. I don't see better options. Jeremy Grant is not a better option than, than DeAndre Ayton. No. So, like, if that is a shot, I say go all in the way you would for Jalen Brown. I'll take the 23-year-old seven-footer. If it doesn't work – Man, that's a better swing than anything they ever took in nine years. Not even close. And that's and that's where they're at right now. And they do, in order to bounce back, in order to recoup, in order to figure things out, they're going to have to take some risks. The reason I bring up Jonathan Isaac is not just because the, the Magic just won this, this lottery, but it makes a ton of sense for them. If Jonathan Isaac is healthy, he's a defensive player of the year caliber player. That, that's how good he is. And that's how he's viewed around the league as when he came out and showed, he was like, this is a six foot 10 guy who can cover one through five. Truly special right. defensively. If he is healthy, if he is that guy. But the thing is, that health is a massive 
massive question. Not but, a big fan of that one. No, but here's the thing. If you're going to try to figure things out after you lost the Pelicans picks, or Pelican pick, excuse me, the thing you have to do is you have to take calculated risks in order to earn back that capital, which is maybe taking a risk on a uh, Jonathan Isaac or taking a risk on overpaying DeAndre Ayton and putting yourself in that position. That is the thing. It's just, it's it's not perfect. The, the team building is not perfect. You can't 2K this. And that's the situation. Ben says, what does an Ayton trade look like? And this is what the, the framing of this. Yeah, thank you for asking that, Ben. Like, I think, Danny, you should lay this out and make it make a lot of sense. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Portland can give them four for 131. I think that's yes. the, Portland's max. Yes, they uh, can't. Phoenix, they, yeah. The five-year yeah. deal. Yeah, the five. So basically, let's just say it's $30 million. The reason I have hammered order of operations so much for the last six months is particularly for this kind of situation. An RFA going into a sign-and-trade with a draft pick, the Blazers can't technically trade away until later in free agency. So call out Andrew Wiggins and Kevin Love here, a deal that everybody knew was happening, but it was not consummated for a significant amount of time. And that is because of a quirk in the CBA. If it was going to cost the seventh overall pick now, plus Yusuf Nurkic, plus probable filler in, whether it's Justice Winslow or uh, Keon or or whatever, whatever it takes to kind of get there. It would have to be a dual sign and trade, and the Blazers would have to accomplish the other stuff first because they they will lose every all the other tools behind them, the full MLE, the TPE. You have to, and you can't go over the apron uh, with this sign and trade. So it does make things squeeze. And for, for the folks that are saying, is, is, is Yusuf Nurkic in that pick and whatever filler enough to get it done? It's not necessarily about the straight trade. It's about getting DeAndre Ayton to a team that he will sign with and the Suns getting enough in return to not let him walk for nothing. Because if the Suns are going to trade Ayton, what do they need in return, Brandon? Well, they're going to need a big. How many bigs are there out on the market? I uh, not a, not a million of them, not a lot. Is Yusuf Nurkic a starting caliber big for a playoff team? He is. I would say you need to shore up your backup though, just to to call it safe. Or you, you run you, it you, small. You, you got Javale. You know? Javale yeah. can can play there, but they save significant amount of money, and in this manner, they they're able to get a big that they would not be able to afford already because of the new deals kicking in. But because it would be a dual sign and trade with Nurkic going back and the bird rights necessary to make that trade happen and swap that in on the back end, they could go get a starting caliber center in return. Yeah. And that is while OKC does have the bevy of draft assets, they do not have the ability to offer a starting caliber center in return, which is where this gives this where this makes sense if you're in that kind of area of, of moving Aiden for another big. Now, I I, I, I want to make sure that during this show, specifically where we're reacting to what we just saw and emotions are running high and people are miserable. And, you know, I've been blamed 19 different ways already. On Twitter mentions like before we get too deep, I, I do want to highlight, like, let's not do the thing that I think got us to this point. And by got us, I will, I will, 
put myself in that category. I don't know about you. I can't speak for you. I know what you were saying. I mentally put myself in a Portland's top four NBA draft lottery stuff. Maybe a little too okay, much, well, right? Real quick. Yep. When I came on your show this morning, what did I say? Uh, you said top three. What did you say? I top said they would four, pick four, right? Yeah. Trust me. I was right there with you. I genuinely okay. felt like and it's they crushing, are going to be there. Right? Yes, like it it's crushing. It's why. Yeah. 100%. 100%. It's, it's why you have so many people that are like, fire Joe Cronin or what the hell are we doing now? Mm -hmm. What I will say on this stuff, though, is uh, I'm not going to do this emotionally with the Deion Rayton thing. I'm just going to assume he's going back to Phoenix or that Portland is in the same lottery sure. percentage chances of getting him. We're just running down the scenarios that if they could jump into the sweepstakes, I think he would sign with Portland. I think he'd want to play with Dane, play with Ant. You know, Portland's a really nice city. They'd welcome him with open arms. I think he would agree to sign to a team like Portland. I'm just not sure where that relationship's going to be even a week from right now. Given a week from today, I would have never thought he was not going to resign, nor were they going to lose by 40 points at home in game seven. So let's not put all the eggs. I'm just telling some people out there, don't put all no. the eggs in the eight and basket just because you is, could be disappointed again. This is what we have talked about since they tore this thing down. You're looking for this exact opportunity a disgruntled player where shit went sideways with the team. Yes. This yes. is the exact opportunity that you were looking for. And, and somebody in the real one says, talking all this back about Jalen Brown, he ain't asking out of bead town. No, no, he's not. That's the whole point. But no, you, we're saying if it would have gone, if, if it would have gone sideways, like it, season, like it yes. did, like it looked like it was going to in January. And that's yeah. where it was like, those are the kind of things you're looking at. And you look at Utah right now, they're, it very much sounds like Rudy Gobert is going to be traded. I don't know about Mitchell at this point. I think they're going to end up they they might end up keeping Donovan Mitchell the way if it they if they right picked now. one they will pick Mitchell. Yeah, which is kind of a weird situation, but okay. Um, but if if you look at where things sit right now, this is the exact kind of scenario that we talked about for almost six months, Brandon. Yeah. And so, have you looked at, having looked at this stuff right now? Is this, is this an opportunity for Portland? Yes. Does it mean it's going to happen? No. Uh, the, I, said somebody, I saw somebody in there ask say, um, the idea of, of what, what it would look like for OG. You're basically looking at the same scenario. You would probably end up doing a sign-in trade with Yusuf Durkic because they need a big. Then you can bring OG in on that front, a, a literal straight swap, and then you could get Jeremy Grant, but then now you don't have a starting center. And now mm -hmm. you're in a very, very different spot. And that's that's why I, I, I look at this and I go, I don't I don't think Yusuf Nurkic gets traded. He ends up being a Portland Trailblazer unless a DeAndre Ayton deal goes through. Right. Well, so. here's the here's another part of this too that like uh, I and why I'm a little excited. I know seven isn't appealing right now. Sometimes though, in in crappy drafts. I think what we overlook is the fact that sometimes we value the top end talent a little too much and you end up getting guys that can break through. Like, I, again, I, people are sure. going to play percentages here. They're going to say, well, according to this chart, it's a 16% that any pick outside the top five is ever an all-star player. That's great. But, like, sometimes there are drafts. Let's go through the history of them. And the veteran talent is outside of the top five. I'm not telling you it's going to happen with Jalen. I really like Paolo. I think he's going to be a really good player. Chet might be special. I, I just, I'm not ready to, to dismiss anything they do, whether that's a trade with this pick, which I think we both agree we'd assume that's what they're doing, or using the pick because they actually like one of the prospects. 
Who's to say Shaden Sharp doesn't come to Portland and blow them away? Sure. And that's, that's, that's the other thing is that we have uh, at the end of this week or this through this week, the NBA Combine. Does a guy, Joe Cronin and, and, and staff are, are in Chicago right now. And they will be there to see these guys. That's why if those guys didn't just get throw on suits and happen to be in Chicago for just the draft lottery. They're right. All, they're all there for the combine. So does a guy blow them away? Here's a, here's, here's a situation. The Utah Jazz in 2017 brought Donovan Mitchell in for a workout. His workout was so good that the GM at the time, Dennis Lindsley, said, if any of you say how good his workout is, we will basically throw you out of this place. To, yep. to the media and everybody else. Because they he was their guy from the jump. Think of C.J. McCollum and Neil Olshay. That was how committed they were to Donovan Mitchell. That's how much they loved Mitchell. And they sat there and they they bided their time. They waited for it. And they, could, they wanted to figure that out. You can find players anywhere in the draft. It's not a perfect science. But are the Blazers willing to not, to, to be... More risky in the draft pool than they are with veteran or near-veteran players. Like, OG Ananobi is a veteran. DeAndre Ayton, even though he's only four years in, is a veteran. These are guys that are tested. Both those guys are literally NBA Finals-tested players. Yeah. But would they be willing to take those opportunities with untested kids? Like, I like Keegan Murray. I really think he's going to be a hell of a player in the NBA. I, if, I, if I thought anybody was from the top three guys was going to be a 10-year pro that was going to be a very successful player, I'm not talking all-star. I'm just saying, going to have a very solid floor. Keegan Murray is that guy. Is he available at seven? Does Shaden Sharp, like you said, not playing college basketball, scare some people off of the Blazers? Like, you know what? We got, again, like taking a swing on Jonathan Isaac, does Shaden Sharp equate to taking a swing? Is it less of a miss if you miss with the draft pick as opposed to trading the draft pick yeah. for DeAndre Ayton and overpaying him? Like, what does that scale look like? And it's going to be really interesting to see how those scales play out over the next two months. I, I just think if you can get Jeremy Grant using your Bucks pick and maybe one other thing for filler, I mean, Jeremy Grant, Dame, Ant, and Nurk, just let's just say that, right? It's a There's solid no team. That, that's a playoff team. Sure. Like if that team's healthy, that team is in the playoffs to me, whether that's seven, six, five, I don't know. But like, this goes back to a conversation, Danny, we had, I feels like two months ago. Like, I feel like there's an expectation that if it is an almost Western conference finals worthy roster, which they weren't gonna... before the season. Well, no, they weren't. I'm just, I, I'm not trying to project what I see for people tweet. I'm just saying like, sometimes I think we get way too down as if like, oh, well, we can't win the title next year. This sucks. Fire everybody. I'm not happy about the owner. I don't know what Joe's going to be as a general manager. I don't even know what Chauncey's going to be as a coach. But if Dame is agreeing to be around for this and he's willing to say, yeah, it's a two, three-year thing, and eventually I'll kind of slide a little bit back, but I'll still be this, the KG vet that hits shots and I play into my late 30s. If he is willing to do this, man, maybe that pick is the, the smartest thing to keep. Because there's only going to be so many of those veterans available for that pick that meet your qualifications versus saying, hey, and I'm just using him again, just as an example here, Shaden Sharp, 6'6", and hyper-athletic. He didn't play. Who gives a shit? Let's let's develop him and, and put some dog in him around Dame, around Ant. Like, let's put him around these guys, give him 20, See 23 minutes a night, and put him on a playoff team. Hell, 
Kaminga is still a, you know, he's good, but then sometimes it's like, man, but he plays with the Warriors. That's valuable experience. That's valuable development. So I just think this draft is going to be slightly, some of these players behind the top four are going to slightly be better. Nobody's giving them a shot. And I just think it's weird because this NBA is the deepest it's ever been. They're deep enough to expand to two teams right now. And I think they still have enough talent to fill those rosters out without being an embarrassment unless they're run by the Kings or the the Orlando Magic or Sam Presti. I've seen a lot of people uh, reiterate what what uh, Richmond has talked about on, on Locked On a few times. That's the idea of the Blazers taking their seventh pick and trading back, like with the uh, the Hornets and for, was it, 13 and 15, uh, 13 and 14, whatever it is, um, or 12 and 14. I can't even remember the, the, what, what they ended up now. Uh, I think they were, I think they were 13. I think the Hornets were 13. Okay. So 13 and 15. So, um, cause that would be the, the Pelicans pick that went that way. So, um, would they be worth it? And then take one of those picks and move it for Jeremy Grant. Why, why would you, why would you take the capital that you just got and move it for Jeremy Grant? I, you gotta I aim bigger. You got to aim bigger. That's the thing is if you're going to do that, then you take a swing at two young guys. Then you take the Milwaukee pick and you try to move it for Jeremy Grant. You, you, you're, you're, if you're gonna divide your capital, don't waste it. That's that's the thing. Is like I just, I very much value veterans over young guys too. But sure, I'm not going to give up a pick this year for Jeremy Grant. That's just not the, the Pelicans pick. Sure, but your pick and then moving back just so you can give them more capital. I think there's better options down the road that the Blazers can explore. But the idea of moving back. I'm not entirely against it, you know, giving yourself, you know, more bites of the apple per se, or giving yourself more opportunities or more pieces to be able to use. Sometimes it's better to have more small rounds in the clip than it is to have a couple big rounds. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, And I, I think that's the important thing is having hindsight here, right? Like you can still build out your roster for the depth, which is something you severely lacked last year, right? You assume, unless he's included in the trade, Hart will be back. I think that's a valuable bench piece to get. Again, if you can get Grant with that Bucks pick, you know, trading back, it's an interesting theory. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you'd want to do that. Can you find a better player at seven than you can two other assets if you move back six, seven spots? Maybe. I, I think a lot of this is also going to hinge on, on clutch. You know, like, let's just throw that out there mm-hmm. now. Like, Portland just played the clutch game for, you know, some of their clients are on this roster. There's clearly a relationship with this organization. Sure. It's friendly. And they played the clutch game with the Levine rumor, right? Like, let's put yep. Levine's name out there and make him wanted even more by Chicago. Let's Get throw this money, in there money, real money, quick. Money. There's something else that I think people don't know. Yeah. Do you know who DeAndre Ayton's agent is? I do because you told me. Ah, that's right. It's Bill Duffy. You know who else he represents? A Portland Trailblazer, I'm assuming. Yes, Anthony Simons. Okay. Are Play they bo- the agent game. Are, are they both up for contract right now? <laughs> that they are. That they are. So, again, so, to, to reinforce your point of, like, those relationships that they're looking at. And and I think Joe's aware of this. I think Dame is, is aware of this as anybody. Play the agent game. You know, does it get you what you want? Maybe it doesn't. But, like, get it right now in Jeremy Grant's ear. Yo, you only want to come to Portland and make Detroit only accept that. Yeah, they, they can have the leverage to do that. There's no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. So if you can do that, you've now got Grant to the team. You still have the seventh pick. Like, guys, like this, I'm not as bummed as I thought I would be right now, this far removed from it. Now is the fun part. Now, now you know, because that, that's part of it is that 
fear, I think, is taken away. Even if the excitement has fallen off because it's not top four, you yeah. now you now have something tangible. This is one in the hand as opposed to two in the bush. That's that's what happens. Uh, Tyrell put a super chat in. It says, quick question, boys. If we end up with Grant with the 2025 pick and that package and end up with Nurk, Ant, Grant, and Dame, do we have a first next year to continue this build as a trade asset? You do, the Blazers do not have a first next year unless they fall out of, or fall into the lottery again because it's owed to the Chicago Bulls as part of the uh, Larry Nance trade. So, great trade. Ne- the gifts of Neil keeps giving. So, no fire, Joe Cronin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, uh, because the uh, audio got completely jacked up on the launch. Again, welcome everybody. We appreciate you. Thank you. We've had over six hundred people in here pretty much the entire time. Uh, if you if you have a boat and you slap some flex seal on it like they do in the commercials, the whole, that's what that's what Neil did for four years. Yeah. And now what you're seeing is the boat's leaking and somebody's going, hey, Joe, why are you sinking the boat? You're like, Joe's like, dude, I, I did. The entire bottom of the boat seal. is made of flex seal at this point in time. You're going, I wanted to buy oh. a new boat. I didn't want this boat. <laughs> Neil made me use this boat. And now we get to see what he can do. But again, thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. If you're watching here live or you're watching on the playback, please click the subscribe button. It's free. It's easy. It helps us grow and do all the things. The good thing is that we know where we are, Brandon, because now, now I will start putting out draft content. Now that I know where they're picking, uh, presumably, the targets that may or may not be there. So we will focus on guys like Keegan Murray. We will focus on Shaden Sharp. We will focus maybe even on a uh, Sohan, uh, a Ben Matherin. A.J. Griffin. AJ like, let's Griffin. not forget about yeah. him. You know, like, Those are the guys that we will start taking a look at. We won't look at the bigs anymore as far as um, Paolo, Jabari, and Chet. Well, not especially Chet, but Paolo and Jabari. Um, I'm going to miss Paolo, man. And it's going to hurt me when I watch that kid dominate. I, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be – it's it's going to be – Interesting to watch those guys' careers uh, as they as they kind of figure this stuff out. Here's the good news, folks. At least we don't have to watch Neil absolutely fuck this pick up and take somebody they're, stupid. They're not going to move up and take take the the white pick from Gonzaga. Well, I'm just glad it's not a top three pick and Neil's not at the helm. <laughs> Otherwise, he would absolutely draft Jaden Ivy and go, guys, 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 Ivy, yeah, the future. It's it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting. Uh, JBD says, now we assume they'll take a Bucks pick in 2025. That's bizarre. It's not bizarre. It's not bizarre at all. It's, it's not bizarre at all for the, for the uh, Pistons. The Pistons are awful, and they don't want that contract. It's, it's very they, they feasible don't, they don't that want to that's pay it. it. Getting a first-round no. pick and Keon, who's a quasi-young first-round pick-type asset, and some expendable salary and blood so that you can wipe off the books is pretty good for a guy who's on an expiring deal in Jeremy Grant. You, you you do it to keep relationships amenable. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm no, saying it might that, not happen. No, it might not happen. I'm saying that that opportunity is very much there for them, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jason asks, who is a sleeper in the draft? Somebody we can grab in the second round. The Blazers do have two second-round picks. Mm-hmm. So they do have some a little bit more capital. Perhaps they can bundle those up and move in closer to the to the back end of the first first round, uh, or even in the back of the first round where contracts are guaranteed. Whereas in the second round they are not guaranteed. Um, the one of the things that I, I keep getting I keep getting text messages from folks that, that are all basically saying the same thing: the Portland Trailblazers are on the trade market. So the trade hunt is happening. So while I will kick out some draft content, and we will talk about we will bring some more draft experts on the show. 
I'm probably going to go out and, and bring some experts in both national and, and local teams to talk about trade possibilities, to take a look at Jeremy Grant and what Detroit folks think a fair deal looks like. What do go, We'll reach out to Arizona, we'll reach out to Toronto, talk about what it would look like for OG Ananobi, what it would look like uh, for DeAndre Ayton, what it would look like for Jonathan Isaac, what those opportunity costs are, are going to be like going forward and what can Portland kind of come out feasibly with right. heading into or out of the NBA draft and into free agency. Because they still have other tools. They still have other things that they can go and figure some things out. John McGee says, I like Coloco in the second round. Listen, Christian Coloco, if you want to take a flyer on a, a seven foot one big who came to the game of basketball late, cool. Like, those are opportunities for the Trailblazers. Are they big swings? No. But is it an opportunity for the Trailblazers to maybe find somebody that really pops, becomes your, your Will Barton? a guy who's a feasible player coming out of the second round. I'm not looking for a Hall of Famer like Draymond Green or Nikola Jokic. I mean, I'm gladly take one, but... I mean, those are, they're such a rarity. Sure. Like, yeah, I mean, you're not getting that. But, like, finding an actual player that can be impactful in the second round, th- those are things that the Blazers can do to try to help build things up behind them. Would you be mad if Spencer Dinwiddie was currently on the Blazers roster? Second round pick. Like, yeah. <laughs> guys, Jalen Brunson is a second round pick. They, there are plenty of examples in this Half league. the Heat roster is undrafted. I'm just saying, like, this is kind of my point, and I, I don't want this to... I don't want people to interpret it as if I'm like defending the team. I've had my problems with that franchise for a very long time. I think they are, it's malpractice what they've done in certain regards. Here's the kicker for me. This is why I feel somewhat more optimistic. I think maybe than some, Uh, the biggest acquisition they're going to get is getting their goddamn franchise player healthy coming back. That alone is damn near 30 points. Plus you get ant. Plus you got some of these guys that are going to return as role guys. This window to get back into winning and being a more respectable, fun team that you enjoy watching every single game, it's not that far away. And it's very easy, I think, to obtain that just given the fact that you're going to have Damian Lillard back on the court. Yeah, no, like getting a top 75 player, getting a top 15 active player in the NBA, that's that's not a bad place to be. It's huge. I can't <laughs> wait for people to tweet, oh, yeah, Dave was good at basketball. It's like, yeah, dude. I know he didn't play, but like, come on, like we're going to get Dame back. I, I just, I'm having a little more faith and that's not a Joe is yeah, the most amazing gentleman. It has, nothing, it's just it has simply, nothing to do with Joe Cronin. It has to do everything to do with Damian Lillard getting healthy. Well, yeah, it's about Dame being healthy and simply to put, there's a lot more talent in this league than I think people give it credit. This ain't 1999 anymore, man. No. Like this league is deep and you can find diamonds in the rough. I mean, you look up and down teams right now in the NBA and the, take a look at the Miami Heat. Like I said, half the roster is undrafted. Like the, the Blazers need top end talent, but they need back end talent too. They they need depth. They need rotation pieces. Like I love Trenton Watford. I think he's going to be a hell of a player. I think he's going to be a very solid rotation player. Greg Bound does some things that is certainly tantalizing, but is he like an active rotation player for a playoff team? Not yet. Like is Brandon Williams a good like break glass in case of emergency point guard? Sure. But is he a guy that you're expecting to get like real minutes in the playoffs? No, not yet. You have got. One guy for certain in Damon Lillard, two and most likely in Anthony Simons, third in Yusuf Nurkic if he's healthy. That's always the question. Four in Josh Hart. I think he's one of those guys for sure. Winslow, back half the rotation guy. Nas, if he can stay healthy, what is he? What kind of is, is he a starter or is he a first or second guy off the bench kind of guy? Those are a lot of questions that you have to answer before you even get to the them actually addressing real top-end talent. And right. they need real top-end talent 
whether it comes from the draft, whether it comes from a trade, or whether it comes from undrafted and bringing a guy in out of camp. I mean, I, I just I go through a couple names right now very quickly, just as an example. So I go to 2018 because you got Luca in the Western Conference Finals, right? You had Trey last year there. Mm-hmm. DeAndre, they just got bumped. I mean, look at look, go look at that draft and tell yourself, yeah, it was there were some top studs there, but like start going down the list of where certain guys were picked and ask yourself, how many players would I have taken Jalen Brunson over in that draft? A started the second round pick a 33rd overall pick you should have because he went to villanova i mean you've got <laughs> omari spellman landry oh Shammett, my god the Mo omari Wagner. spellman nonsense yes. coming into that draft i remember that they were people omar his measurables he's gonna be a guy and it's like when are you the best player on his team just aaron holiday chandler hutchinson from boise state there was a ton Grace of hype out. around him too Josh Akogi, I remember him, Kevin yep. Herter, Lonnie Walker, like Zaire Smith, Troy Brown Jr. I mean, guys, Oof. this is, I'm just, let's have a little perspective here. Go through some of these last few drafts and just go through the list first and second round and find that there are those players out there. It's not an exact science. It's not an exact science. You don't know if a top four pick is going to hit. You don't know if a top 10 pick is going to hit, nor do you know if a second round is going to hit. And that but, right there is why I think they're going to trade the pick. The, and, known, and the, known for the, un, the known for the unknown. Sure, but it better be a damn good known. I'll tell you that yeah. much. Uh, I, listen, I, and that's why I err towards like a guy like DeAndre Aiden, even if he is a little bit more expensive, because of it is a known quantity, or, or an OG Ananobi. Give me the known if you're moving that pick. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just kind of reaching for it. Uh, Marcus says, Danny really reaching for the optimistic comments. Uh, I appreciate the try, but super sad season capped off tonight. F- Marcus, you definitely are new to the channel because I'm not optimistic. <laughs> Unless he's confusing me for you, then like, because <laughs> I, I for sure I know I sound optimistic, but like I don't know about you on that one. Yeah, and he, the, the other thing is, I'm not crushing anything right now because I have said for six months I am not going to. I'm going to look at opportunities that are available until August. And then we'll make judgments on where they stand. And they got a draft pick. The draft ain't here, and free agency hasn't started. Like it's kind of premature. Trade to, books to aren't apps. open yet, right? It's just yeah. Like let's not go all in on the trashing the team. There's no way this team will be good. It's There'll like, be plenty you know, of time from August first to the start of the season to just, just beat the living shit out of this team if they yep. fail to get anything done. Like that's. Yep. <laughs> I am not going to spend all summer doing it before it happens because i remember 2016 and being at summer league and watching the alan crab deal watching the evan turner deal watching the mo harkless deal watching the myers leonard deal all of that stuff flood through and going what the hell what the hell is happening to this franchise and then 2017 happening i am not gonna sit here and crush the new era of this franchise after going through nine years of wanting to beat my head against a wall because a guy refused to take a risk. Uh, I will, I will say this, this isn't Joe adjacent. Well, it kind of is at the end of the day. Like the one thing I know we have a hundred percent universal agreement on is we want her to sell the damn team. Like I'd feel a little bit better knowing she was getting rid of the team. Listen, here's the thing. And I know that's coming, but like I'd prefer to go through the summer without having an owner of her, stature yeah and uh, uh, beyond that that's where i think 
moving for a guy like DeAndre Ayton signals that's happening sooner rather than later because that's a big investment. That's a that's not a move you make for a franchise. And I'm not talking about the money part of it, but I'm talking about that is not a move that you make as far as setting the direction of a franchise right. that on that large of a scale without having some of those things kind of figured out. And now we're getting the anti-Jeremy Grant folks in here. Is Jeremy Grant better than everybody the Blazers have had at forward position since Lamarcus Aldridge? <laughs> yes. Please, shut up. Like, I, I I get that people don't want Jeremy Grant. Do not throw up box score stuff. I don't care. The Blazers need talent. They need get, as much as they can Get somebody better than another. Jeremy Grant then. Find me that guy, and I will sign off. I will. Well, that's, yeah, like, that's the thing. That's the thing is you've got to get something else in there. You can't keep running Mo Harklesses and Anthony Tollivers and Al Farouk Aminus. You cannot keep doing that. So until they figure that part of it out, give me Jeremy Grant. I am not thrilled about Jeremy Grant. I do not think that he is the key to getting it all done. Do you, Brandon? No. Is he better than every single thing they have had in that position since LaMarcus left? Yes. By a substantial margin. Yes. So what are we doing here? Well, we're worried about, see, this is where I, the, my, the nitpicking, my, the, the, the beggars being choosers. It's the beggars being choosers. I still think it's like, and it's in, in the sports media and sports entertainment landscape, what we do now is salary cap, salary cap, space, how much per year, what are we doing? And I think it's great to follow that, that stuff. That stuff matters, but talent beats all that shit but i think that's what danny that's what people are doing though is they're they know that if jeremy's coming here for a lesser than package mm -hmm. he's probably got that contract that he probably wants 26 to 28 million dollars yep okay and i think what people see or think about is like that's gonna go to jeremy grant and that's gonna shore up the books a little bit tighter for a woman who doesn't want to spend for an owner that isn't really interested in showing in my opinion that she's as committed to this thing or even close to as committed to this thing as her brother was. Yeah. And uh, Dimitri says, Dame, Ant, Kyle Anderson, Grant, Aiton with a bench of Hart, Little, Ingles, and Winslow. It's a pricey-ass team. That's that's right up against the right up against the apron. But, but yeah. the reason you do that, the reason that makes sense is you take the look, you look to flip Joe Ingles at the trade deadline, and that's looking ahead. And if you have Jeremy Grant under contract, even if you don't like him, you know what you can do with a, a guy who's under contract? You could trade him. You have feasible assets that you can trade. The Blazers have not had feasible assets that they can trade. So You always get a desperate team. I'm just using a team this year, like the Lakers, that are always going to exist, and they will be desperate, and they will do what they can to yes. say, Jeremy Grant's our piece. And if you need to get out of it, I just I don't think that's ever a problem. No. You traded how Alan many Crab, for God's sake. How many times has Russell Westbrook been traded? And it's like, and we always say it's the worst contract in sports. It's not stopping him from being traded. That's the thing is, you know who we know the worst contract is in sports or in basketball? John Wall. Yes, it is John Walls. You know why? Because it won't be <laughs> traded. Well, he also literally doesn't play. Like he's just sitting on the bench for two years now. But yeah, man. I mean, if we if Alan Crabb can become a net after we give him seventy what seventy four million or whatever the hell it yeah, was, four seventy four like, four seventy two is one of those two. Yeah, whatever that was. Like if Alan Crabb can be traded, Jeremy Grant could definitely be traded. And that's the thing is it's it's a situation the Blazers need to get talent and then figure shit out. Yeah. They are in a talent collection stage. It's just 
I would love for there to be a magic bullet, Brandon. I would again, if Jalen Brown shakes free, you're in a position that makes a ton of sense. If one of a superstar wings shakes free, yes. But what have we seen from the previous era of this of this team, Brandon? We'll kind of end on this. Paul George is available. There's no movement. There's been numerous players, James Harden, whether you liked him or not two years ago, was available and there was a possibility there. They they would not include players that, in that deal. Neil was too afraid because James was going to go into one test free agency. There's been zero risk-taking. There have been zero opportunities when wings or players of that ilk, top-end players, have become available. They have been too hesitant to move on those guys. Mm-hmm. When top-end talent becomes available and you have the opportunity and the opportunity cost does not gut your roster, you have to take a look at every one of those. Yep. So let's kind of set the schedule real quick and then we'll kind of get out of here. Um, what we will do, like I said, once, uh, now that we know where we sit in the draft lottery uh, with the seventh pick, we will bring in some more draft experts. I'll probably bring on Jeremy Rule and Ricky O'Donnell again to have them kind of review where their draft boards sit now, knowing what players are out or where teams are picking and what might happen. Like an opportunity like Orlando, they're probably looking at Jabari Smith or Paolo Bancaro. What does that do to their front court situation? What does that do to the, to the middle of the back end of the lottery? Um, what does it kind of happen if, if, if it goes sideways? Yeah, th- those are the things we'll take a look at. Then we'll go ahead and we'll take a look at some local markets. We'll bring in some folks and we'll bring in guys that cover those guys um, locally, what it would look like for a trade, what would be acceptable to them. Uh, Like I said, we'll bring in people who cover those teams. Then we'll just kind of sit and wait for June 23rd. Yep. A little more than a month away. But we'll have at least two shows a week. Uh, We'll have the live show and then we'll have the mailbag show as we kind of work our way through and address rumors as they come up and reports as they come up. And here's the thing. The the other side of this is because of Aiton's situation or any kind of sign and trade, if that pick is to be used, those deals aren't going to be consummated until after the NBA draft. So it's going to be at least a month plus. So hang on to your butts. Yep. We got a lot to get through. We got a lot to talk about. And look, it wasn't great. We're all as bummed as one another. Some of us. Yeah, don't get uh, twisted. Optimistic. Some of us uh, pissed off. I totally get all the emotions right now of people feeling it, but we know now. Now it's a done deal. Now is. Now you move on and how do you deal with it? Yeah, here's. it's like watching a cooking show, man. Like, you ever watch the, um, they do those like Guy, Guy uh, Fieri uh, tournaments, the master champion tournament, you know, chefs. So they come in and it's like, I want you to use yucca, Salmon, kale, and onion. Go. And they have to make the best meal of what they got. Here's the ingredients. Let's see what Joe Cronin makes. And here's the thing. Do not misinterpret my lack of like losing my complete and utter shit at the Blazers getting the seventh pick. If you want, go to 1080's Twitter page and, and hear me this morning. I said, I think they're going to land fourth, and I hope they do. Yeah. But it it didn't happen. Time to move on. I'm, I'm irritated about it, but I'm already looking forward to now what? Right. So the organization, right. you better damn believe they are too. Mm-hmm. So w- now what? Now you adjust. Now you make your move on the fly. And so that's what happens next. So uh, Michael Dennis says, get Cronin on the show. Not going to happen. 
<laughs> I'd love to, but I, I don't think the he's Blazers doing uh, media in the city. I don't eh. know if that happened. But uh, a potential uh, starting NBA player for the Portland Trail Blazers or two or three, that'll happen. That'd so, be great. That'll happen. But again, thank you all so very much. Uh, even those that, that made me angry today that I wanted to shoot into the moon. I love you guys. Uh, even if I, well, I saved him. I, I, I unloaded the, you unloaded the cannon before gun. I fired. Yeah. Okay. I, I pushed you out of the way. I, I, I didn't out. do it. I didn't shoot him into the sun. It was just the moon this time. Well, yeah. I mean, but it's still difficult to get him back. Short, like unless Bezos going up with the dick yeah. ship, like yeah, we're not going to be able to get him. Dick ship. <laughs> again, like rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, again, uh, if you're watching live or you're watching the replay, please click, click subscribe. Help us grow the show. We will catch you guys on Sunday. Sunday. Uh, uh, yeah, Sunday? we'll figure out a time on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, well, for the mailbag show, we'll answer all your guys' direct questions. Then everybody has a couple days to kind of woosah and figure it out. Uh, everybody have a wonderful night. Go enjoy some playoff basketball. We will catch you guys then. Thank you all so, so, so very much. You can find us on social media at Danny Ring, at Brands Break, at Jack Ramsey's. Email the show, jackramsey's at gmail.com. And Brands going to say what? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.